First of all, I don't know why you made me watch this episode. <laughs> like, like I, I really don't. It's my favorite episode of Star Trek: Next Generation. It's basically is my, it? It's my is it really? Yeah, it's my favorite episode episode of the show that was my favorite when I was a kid. Okay, well, I guess. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, I'm sure you have your reason. I mean, after you watched it again, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel the same? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's... Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm also oh. someone who's... Like, I've listened to a podcast that recapped every single episode of mm. Next Generation. So, I like Next Generation a lot. And when they recapped this one, that was your favorite podcast. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh. I mean... The I I get now that I'm older, like I I can be critical about it, but I also, uh, I also get what I really loved about it. Mm. Okay, well let, let's give a, a, a go ahead, give it, give the old synopsis. I mean, you don't have to really explain Star Trek. I mean, everybody, everybody fucking knows it. But wait, who are we? We're just lost. We're just lost. Well, I'm Karen. <laughs> Armando. That's who I am. That's who you are. And this is Broken Corners. It is. Yeah. Well, okay. So this week we're talking about an episode of Star Trek uh, The Next Generation. It's the 21st episode of the fifth season. So they're like 100 episodes deep at this point. Just keep that in mind. Um, Let's see. Oh, my God. That's a really long synopsis. Hang on. I need a different synopsis. I think you could sum it up in like <laughs> I'll I'll definitely go on a on a tear if I try to to say it. Um oh see this is a bad one too. Ferengi machinations unleash a diplomatic gift aboard the Enterprise, the rare empathic perfect mate ready to bond with any male around her. This sounds like <laughs> softcore porn. <laughs> Hey, why did I like it? Hey. Uh yeah, so uh have you wait, so first before we before we talk about it, have you watched any I'm not Star really Trek? a Star I'm not really a Star Trek fan. Uh-huh. I dabbled in Star Trek, but not 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 really a Star Trek fan. Okay. Have you watched any Next Generation? Do you know who the characters are? I do. I, I have seen a couple of Next Generation. I, I I do know the characters. I don't know. I don't know, like, all of them. Yeah. And I don't know why they exist. No. Or, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like, like their role. Sure, sure, um, sure. I mean, yeah. Because, like, they're all, like, um, like, Captain and... Is it the Captain? Yeah, Luke Picard, right? Yeah, yeah, Jean-Luc Picard. So he's the Captain, similar to Shatner. Right. So it's, then, uh, which is Patrick Stewart, the, the bald guy. Right, and then Data is similar to Spock. Yes, yeah, sure. He's and then, he's a, he's actually an android. And then the beard dude Riker, he's like, who would he be like the equivalent to? Well, he's see. That's the thing is he's second in command, so he's got so he, the, he's got the same rank that Spock had, but he's okay. But he's not, you know, he's not a robot. He's not intellectual. He doesn't look very intellectual. To no, me. he sort of he sort of has more of a Shatner vibe, 
but yeah. he's but he's not the captain. The captain is Picard, who's you know it's Patrick Stewart, so he's you know sort of uh, inherently reserved because of his right, accent right. and uh, and just his general demeanor. Yeah, he's a right. he's a, he's a he's much British. more he's British. He's a much more intellectual captain than uh, than Shatner was as Kirk. Right, and then we have what's his name, Worf, which is like Chewbacca. <laughs> Worf is a Klingon. So he's a member of this race that's sort of uh, warlike. <laughs> the, the one thing that Next Generation does that's bad is like they'll shorthand an entire species by certain characteristics. Yes. So like Worf, you know, he's he's a very imposing man. Uh, he, he's the one like he has prosthetics on his on his forehead, um, and he's he's the chief of security so although he also he gets treated like the head of communications a lot but he you know like because klingons are warlike okay so that's you know he's just sort of like all the time (laughs) and he talks about he talks about honor a lot yes yep uh, and then they're like that we also saw that with the the ferengi on this episode which they're this uh there's they're this race that they're obsessed with money and they're <clears throat> they're small yeah. and kind of um sniveling and weasily and it's a little bit dog whistly anti-semitic it could be yeah because um, i thought the same thing um when i saw it i was like wow we yeah this is a little bit yeah you know it's one of those things where it's like all right wait Am I the one who is inappropriate for seeing that? Or is this really something that exists? Or those stereotypes are so in, ingrained in our society and that's why. Yeah. Well, that's the thing know, is you've got, um, you know, you've got people in the 1980s, uh, you know, really most mostly male. I mean, I think there were, there were some women writers, but like mostly white male writers writing about the enlightenment of the 24th century. And so they didn't get it right. I can't see how they did. But, you know, it's funny. um, um, What's her name? J.K. Rowling? Yeah. Uh, She kind of does the same thing with those uh, anti-Semitic stereotypes. um, Oh, with the goblins? Are they bankers or something like that? Yeah, they're bankers. Yeah, it's pretty. Like, when I've never really watched the Harry Potter movie, but when we went to Universal Studio and we we went in one of the rides, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's that's a bit weird. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yep. Little uh they're yeah, they're like little hook nosed men obsessed with money. Yeah, it's it's once again just really <laughs> a bit a bit a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean but there's uh, like all right, I guess two things, since I never really watched all of it. Uh are yeah. there any fer fer Ferengetis? Are there <laughs> any Ferengis who are a part of Starfleet, right? Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. Not at this point. In, okay. In, not in the in the chronology. The um. So there's the original series. Then there's Next Generation. Then the third one is Deep Space Nine, which all takes place on a um. Oh God, what do you call it? Uh, like a little sp- a space station, uh, and so. There's Ferengis there, but I don't think they're actually officers. They're, okay. They just they run businesses, you know, because that's their whole thing is commerce. <laughs> gotcha. Um, 
but and i the ferengis are it, they they got more likable on ds9 but that's part of why i never watched ds9 was i just couldn't stand it was yeah because they were so irritating they're really a bit much yeah i mean and they're you know they're they're made to look ugly they they have these huge you know uh prosthetic foreheads and they have giant ears and which their ears are an erogenous zone uh yeah it's their you know and they have horrible teeth and yeah yeah they're not yeah i I don't like them and they're and they're held in contempt you know so clearly by everyone everyone Everyone. yeah so on this one what like so something i love about uh next generation is so much of it is just about diplomacy like it's not mm. really that plot heavy a decent amount of the time uh, like the newer movies have got more star wars ish with like shoot 'em up kind of stuff but uh next generation especially because of patrick stewart as picard being at the head of it is so it's slow like, oh my god it's very it's it is it's very like sedately paced and it's like uh a lot of time is spent they spend a lot of time just thinking about are we doing the right thing come on yeah (laughs) she's not happy um she's not happy so basically they it's who is the guy that he you first see who they're escorting to be a part of this like peace yeah like um negotiation or something so yeah they go they go and pick up an ambassador ambassador thank you uh and they just sort of toss in that they've also had to rescue a bunch of miners who had from some kind of mining disaster so there's miners on board um but then there's this guy and he is he's an ambassador from a society that's been at war with I think it's a I think it's a planet. I could be wrong about that, but these these two planets have been at war with one another for thousands of years or hundreds of years. And so they're uh they're going to they're going to a um oh no, I'm so, I can't think of any specific nouns right now. They're they're going to go to a, a meeting, a meeting with each other where they're finally going to broker a peace together and that's what the the enterprise is going to do is sort of facilitate that and Picard's going to oversee it. He's going to sort of be the um the the stand-in who who facilitates it. So they pick right. that guy up and he's got yes. some very special cargo that he asks right. you know he he has it brought on board and he says to picard you know for the uh could everyone please except for absolutely essential personnel stay out of that cargo bay and picard's like i hope it's not anything dangerous and the oh, guy says oh no 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 of course not um uh, and then they get a they get a distress call from these ferengis who their ships in distress. So they pick these like two or three guys up and they're, you know, they're super sniveling and socially awkward and keep tr- like sort of inserting themselves into things. And they go in the cargo bay, one of them and start messing with this container that the ambassador has brought on board. And it's in this weird stasis uh, situation so he knocks it out of stasis and it opens up and in it is this beautiful young woman and it's actually it's famke jansen when she's i think 23 or 24 was that really famke jansen yeah yeah it didn't even look like her 
Yeah, well, she's, yeah, she's a lot younger. <laughs> she's a lot younger. Um, this was actually her second acting job ever. Before that, she had just been a model. And she oh. uh, she didn't actually, she wasn't that comfortable with English yet. So some, like, it. I think it's actually contributed to her character a little bit because it made her very sort of slow and stately in the way she spoke and, and very precise. But you hear her accent come in a bit mm. every so often. Um, yeah, but what's funny, right? Because then, you know, what, 20 years later, 15 years later, then they would, you know, Picard and her, Patrick Stewart, they would be on X-Men together. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, uh, and she I didn't even, even know that was Famke Jensen. I'm yeah. still kind of like, wow, okay. And they even when they're asking her what she is, she actually says, I'm a mutant. I'm an empath mutant. Which is exactly what she was in X-Men, too. So that's, that's just kind of funny. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. She... Yeah. Uh, do you... You've seen Coming to America, right? Yeah. You know the scene when... The beginning where um, they bring... You know, it's an arranged marriage and they bring the the queen to or the queen to be to eddie murphy <laughs> she's your queen to yeah. be. <laughs> and like he takes her to the room and he's like so you'll do that you'll do anything i say she's like yes and she's like i will do you know bark like a dog and she's like hey, jump, mm-hmm. jump. And, then, or something, and, then, and she keeps saying whatever you like my master like he's asking her like personal questions and it really reminded me of this right because oh funny yeah because she is this um this woman that comes out of the um the do you remember the pantyhose that used to come in the egg yes yes that's what it the, reminded the legs me. egg <laughs> Le- yeah so uh she, she she comes out of the legs egg <laughs> <laughs> and um which used to be a, 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 a like a escape pod for my gi joe nice um, yeah when i was a kid so anyway uh so she comes out of it and she's just like bred to be what is it they have? She's there's a, only a few women every yeah. generation or something like so that. So she, she on her planet, there some of them are these mutants that are called metamorphs, and apparently their males are relatively frequent. And I was like, let's see that, please. Um, <laughs> but females are very rare, and so she's been groomed to be almost like a geisha has been groomed to be a gift for the um the head of the other coalition that they're they're trying to broker peace with and so as soon as she wakes up she goes to picard and she says i am for you ulrich of Olt, which is the name of the the guy that she's supposed mm. to be with um yeah so she's basically the the deal with them with a metamorph is that they can mold themselves because they're empathic in their I guess just inherently able to like they can they can sense what the person wants although it was specifically men in this case mm-hmm. uh, apparently the women on the enterprise had no effect and never came in contact with her which was hilarious um because you don't want the l word on next gen i guess uh but so yeah so she's like supposed to go be given to this guy and immediately their response is wait so you're you you know, you're having us transport a sentient being to be given as property. 
and or to be as property and they that's a slave in the they're like oh no no she's a gift right that's a slave she's property um so that's the deal so there she's been like woken from stasis earlier than she's supposed to be and she's in this like final stage of her sexual maturation and so that means she's like throwing off these heavy pheromones um and there she is on you know like on a contained vessel with this crew um but it is funny because the ship is a family ship there you know there's all kinds of people on it it's not just men but that yeah but i mean you know they i guess what when they come into contact with her they become kind of like feral almost right yeah 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 you know you throw your you know the you throw the uh idea of family out the window right well so they're getting heavy pheromones off of her and the first person who gets a dose of it is uh Riker, who's the second in command he escorts her to her quarters and she immediately you know kisses him and he's he's like such a horn dog in the whole series like yeah. he's such a ladies man and so you can see him just you know like doing his best to yeah not yeah not just throw her down um right. so he he ends up you know backing out of her room towards the door it made me laugh because there were at least two or three different times where men backed up out you know out the doorway to get away from her um because on top of on top i mean i don't know what you thought but she's so beautiful like it was not a not a, you know it's funny i i mean she's okay but I, i've never really now it makes sense that she's famke jensen because i don't find famke, famke jensen attractive okay there's something about it and i don't think she was a good jean gray <laughs> oh boy the only thing <laughs> that i thought was going to have any interest for you of course you hate yeah well yeah. that's you know you can't put me in you know pigeonhole me yeah or right yeah either way <laughs> Um, you can't put me in a pigeonhole. I don't like yeah. pigeons. I'm not. I, they shit on you. They do. <clears throat> but um, no, I, I think they back out the door because they don't want their penis to hit the door. Yeah, whack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so once they realize there's sort of this problem, so what they do is they give her a chaperone in Data, who's an android. Um. And the thing, and Data actually has fucked in the show a couple of times, but he's not, you know, he's impervious to pheromones at least. Um, right. So what does he do? He takes her straight to 10 forward, which is the bar. And that's where the, the miners that were rescued are. And she immediately turns into this, like, basically she turns into a different person with every man that she's around. Right. Right. Cause she, ha- she wants to like, yeah, she yeah, she just changes to their needs and desires, right? I mean, right, yeah, she presents the version of herself that they would want. Yeah. And it's, you know, I understand she's maybe not your cup of tea, but she is a I mean, she's uh she's definitely a classic beauty. No, no, I mean she's yeah. So, I, yeah. So but I mean also she's throwing out pheromones which it wouldn't even matter if she looked like Worf. Right. Actually, I heard th- I was listening to a podcast about this and that's what they were saying was how awesome would it have been if instead of being this beautiful 23-year-old she had been like an ugly 65-year-old. And like then <laughs> then you would see how the pheromones worked and how 
you know, like how powerful her skills were to right. make someone happy, you know, like the um, like like the maid in in uh, American Horror Story, right? Like like she would be Frances Conroy. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. In the what is it? It's the Murder House season where she she uh, the husband sees her as this beautiful young woman, but then in real life, it's Frances Conroy. With like a bad eye, right? she has a bad eye in real life. Oh, does she? Oh, yeah, she was in a um, she's in a bad car accident. Mm. Yeah, it's like if you watch her in Six Feet Under, it's very different than yeah, American Horror totally. Story. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was for effect. No, <laughs> I think it got a little better over time, but yeah, those early seasons, especially of AHS, so uh, like when when like you having the notes about Holodeck Four, I took that to mean that. Because the holodeck, you get to do it, be wherever you want, right? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, when yeah. when Riker leaves, when Riker gets out the door and away from her, he, you know, he just, he, I don't know who he tells, but on his on his comm badge, he's like, "I'll be in holodeck four. Yeah. Which made yeah, me he's laugh. Gonna, he's gonna have a very um. He, he's gonna yeah he's gonna. Because they they never really talk about. I mean they're. There are episodes about where people like do holodeck dating and things like mm-hmm. that. And it's a little bit, you know, iffy, but they never talk about the fact that people are, you know, probably just like, there was some joke about like, if you, if you, uh, if you used a black light on the walls of the holodeck, it would be, oh. it would be, oh, yeah. <laughs> it'd be like a oh. Motel 6. Oh. <laughs> It's the future, though. It's, they probably it cleans itself. That's right. It's a self sanitizing unit. I bet when you walk out the door, it just uh, sterilizes everything. It's like when they hose the robots off in Westworld. Oh, are... Westworld! <laughs> it's like you know, it's just filled with nastiness. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was Riker's response, uh, and then in the in the bar, then she just you know like just sort of falls in with all these miners who are right at the bar and like i'll have an andorian ale <laughs> kind of stuff and they try to get data like lure data away from her and yeah. then he's trying to you know tell them to calm down but they're rowdy and there's a bunch of them and so Worf, who's the security guy uh is there and he comes over you know and he just immediately intimidates them into backing off Mm-hmm. Um, and so the android goes, <laughs> Data goes to take her away, the metamorph, and she turns around back to Worf and like growls at him. And he, and he responds to, you know, yeah, like, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Like, it's like this weird pairing, this pairing. And also like, I, I, I just, I, this is a weird because I can't remember if it was a girl I dated in high school or a girl Rob dated in high school. Oh wow! But the the thing was that she would purr. Oh, and thought that that it was sexy. Oh, and and, and it really it really wasn't. Right. Because all you wanted to do was laugh. Right. Oh, um, and that's what it reminded me of. Damn. Yeah. And that's fair in real life, yeah. The, yeah I no, mean, I... with like with Worf, with the uh, with the Klingons, like Klingon women are very fierce, also, and so mm. there's always a lot of like growling and uh, <laughs> screaming and, and slamming and 
biting and stuff with them. So it was, but it, it was just, I guess like what was funny about this, I know like maybe, maybe one of the things I liked about it so much was seeing how the, the reaction of all of these different, the, like the regular cast who, you know, so well, five seasons in, right. uh, like how they react in this situation you know, mm-hmm. and like, especially with Worf, when he growls back at her, like yeah. all of a sudden he realizes like, oh shit, I just growled in public. Right. You know? Um, but it's also like, is is like Worf like would be considered, like the Klingons call him, like do they call him a sellout? Oh yeah. He has like, all kinds of problems. Yeah. Like he's like what, you know, quote unquote Uncle Tom. Like <laughs> they... Yeah, he has a whole situation. With, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah, because he's the first Klingon to serve on board a Federation ship. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Did they have Klingons in the William Shatner one? They did. And the makeup, okay. the makeup is so bad that they actually make a joke about, like, Worf says something, acknowledges it, that, um, like, we don't talk about, <laughs> we don't talk about from before a certain time you know because oh. they they were different then of course they were and then on the new star trek discovery they're even like the the makeup is so cgi um yeah the klingons drive me nuts on discovery i tend to fast really? forward them yeah what's the okay so what's the the time period between like the original star trek and next generation is literally like 20 years in the future or like uh, it's, it's a little bit further than that. Like it, at that point, like Spock is, um, Spock and Kirk are admirals. Right. Or, or like, or they're, you know, they're all retired. That crew is like retirement age. There's an episode where Scotty gets picked up and comes along and they're, yeah. kind of, they're kind of rude to him because he's, um, you know, because his science is outdated. Like uses horse worm. <laughs> yeah, like uses horseworm medicine yeah. to try to fix the engine. Yeah, and phrenology. <laughs> oh man, when I when I um worked at the farm in Kentucky, is like we had different um special event days, and one of them was sort of like a um, I think they called it the pickin' party. It was a uh, it was a music festival. And okay. the lady on my staff who who managed it, like she she booked also this guy who came who pre- like pretended who uh, who acted as a phrenologist, like an eighteen eighteen fifties phrenologist. Mm-hmm. And so he was just, which is phrenology is the uh, this you know sort of huckstery thing where people said that based on the shape of your skull that you could tell character traits about people. And so yeah. he would you know sort of like pretend to he he didn't even really touch your head but like he would pretend to and then he would point to different spots on this phrenology skull that he had and point things out about you so like i was so mad because like he said that my like i didn't even want to do it and but they made me do my staff made me do it and he Mm. was just like oh the shape of your skull points to gluttony oh and then he like touched my fucking like double chin I was so mad. Oh my god, that's not cool. It's not, and he wasn't thin either. 
No, it's just, it's like, just also like, don't fucking touch me. Don't touch me. And also just fu- like, you've been, you've been doing this. Like, this is your, this is your gig. This is your hobby. Like, are you really not any better at this? Like, do you, do you make good tips out of humiliating people? Or is it just like, because we've already paid you that you think this is funny. Like I hadn't had any contact with that guy. It wasn't like I'd done anything to him. Right. Yeah. He was like, Oh yes. It points to the elementary. <laughs> so there was that. That's my, when I hear phrenology, that's what I think. That's of. that's where you go. That's your go-to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever, <laughs> had, have you ever had your phrenology read? No, no. I mean, it, I also know that it's been used to, um, you know, the, be racist um, yep. <laughs> and stuff like that so it's you know no it's terrible it's fucking stupid but hey it hey. is what it is hey uh, something else that's uh stupid slash funny about this episode excuse me <clears throat> is that uh troy which is i don't know if you've if you've watched it enough uh, next generation enough to know about her but they're they actually have a ship's counselor who is an empath who is also a beautiful woman she's the the i think greek looking woman right yeah yeah she is it's uh um, yeah because i see her in memes all the time and then they had that one meme where she's in that like sexy dress i don't know it what is was it was it say no, I don't know. People just use like different things or they'll have a picture, you know and then you'll I th- did she date Riker? Uh yeah. In yeah, before they were ever on the um on the show together. Oh, like they dated in real life. No, no, no. In the in the canon of Star Trek. Oh, 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 okay. So like they like they have history, but it's not throughout the show. Uh, I continues, yeah. It goes on oh, okay. it goes on and off, yeah. But yeah, Marina Sirtis, yeah, she's British, but I think she does have Greek ancestry. Yeah, no, yeah. So you're saying you well, can't they, have two empaths on at the same time. Well, it's just so stupid. I mean, they would do this with her and uh, the doctor, who is the the red haired woman who was talking to Picard about. Oh, the- she wants she wants to Picard. Yeah, they have a whole thing. They have breakfast yeah, she together wants, every she, morning. Yeah, she wants a bit of Picard. <laughs> um, but they would they the two of them generally got bad storylines. Um, and would just not be in certain episodes and so but it's just funny like you bring someone who's an empath on board the ship you actually have an empath who works on the ship right who could have who could have talked to her and they could have you know they could have worked this out but instead they just don't acknowledge that they don't have her on the episode like a, a regular cast member i don't think the um the character development for women was really a, a thing on this show from, I could tell that from one episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just so- like the doctor, like you know, kind of comforting. Which she's what? Is she like a therapist? No, she's she's like she's the head of medicine for the flagship of the Federation. Like, yeah, you would think she was the counselor, right? Yeah, I thought she was a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. The ship's counselor is um is a Betazoid, and she's. Well, she's half Betazoid and half human, but so she's empathic. So then that, that is Troy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but it is, but it was interesting that the, that the doctor was the one who was pushing Picard to, you know, she was kept saying, like, as far as any discussion of the ethics of just handing yeah. this young woman over 
um, to be used for this function. Um, I, I mean, I thought that was an interesting conversation they had where they were talking about, um, you know, that in marriages have been used in many societies, including ours as ways right. of, you know, cementing diplomatic relations. And, you know, she, she's saying she is choosing it. You know, they've asked her if it's her choice or not. And she's saying that it is. But I don't think she is allowed to, like, I, like, I don't think she knows what the, I don't think she's, has she really been given a choice, I guess. Right. Right. That's something I was thinking about because, you know, like, um, in this, this is, this is a touchy thing, but like when you're born into a certain, a certain role, um, you know, like, are you really, you're socialized to think that it's normal. And so if you, if you say, no, it's my choice to do this, but you haven't really been exposed to what the other choices in the world are, you know, like this, in her case, the Matamor's case, you know, she was just sequestered and she was, uh, basically she was taken away like a geisha and, you know, trained to like, she was taught every musical instrument just so that she would be able to interact with, you know, like that if the man she was with had a favorite instrument, she would be able to interact with him about it. Yes. And then the, apparently the guy, we meet the man that she is destined to be with. Oh, and he's a douche. He's a douche. And he doesn't care about her whatsoever. Well, he also hasn't met her because she hasn't done her, her pheromone thing. So like that might change. That's true. You know, so Picard's all like, he doesn't even care. Mm. And then he's like, well, I'm like, well, he hasn't met her. And then when he meets her and she'll do her smelly thing and then <laughs> she'll imprint on him. And Well, and then the other thing that happens is that the, the Ferengis are trying to, to bribe the, the, the original diplomat to, so that they can take the metamorph so they can sell her and they get violent with him and he ends up unconscious. And so there's all this diplomatic stuff. Uh, that he, this role that he was supposed to play in the negotiations. And so Picard has to do that instead. And it's all the ceremonial stuff. And so he ends up, you know, spending all this time with the Matamorph because she's the only one who's there who can talk him through what these ceremonial functions are. So right. like they play space xylophone. Um, <laughs> what else do they do? I don't, I don't even know. The Isn't there like some... He wears some weird outfit, doesn't he? Yeah. Or was, or was that just alliance wear? It, it yeah, that, uh, it might have. I can't remember. Not what alli- the al- Federation. Okay. Feder- alliance is in this video game called Mass Effect, which is very similar to Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, like you go around, and well, we could, we can, uh, we can talk about that, but <laughs> later. But uh, yeah, it's very similar in the fact that like. The only difference, I mean, maybe I don't know the origins of Star Trek, but like with Mass Effect, like the aliens are already have come together and have been, you know, working together in like, um, you know, like a what do you call it? Like a council. They, they, you know, they have, you know, negotiated and they, you know, they work together and the humans are the are the last to come on board and they think that the humans are um, archaic and, you know brutish you know human Um, so they're kind of like ooh, like you you are not evolved yet enough to be on the council and really 
take part you know we'll acknowledge yeah. you and you can work with us but you don't get to you know be a part of of you know leadership. certain yeah. leadership exactly uh, i i don't know, i probably star trek but is that the same with star trek or is it uh that happens with certain societies they run into you okay. know sometimes they're the ones who hold the cards and sometimes the other people are just like oh you're animals <laughs> they're not wrong yeah <laughs> yeah um one thing I thought about as I was watching this is me asking you last week if, uh, if oh god, what's it's not Outlander, Highlander. If Highlander was ever funny, and yeah. then as I was watching this, I was like, oh, this isn't funny. It's no. fun, it's funny to me, but I'm that's because I know this. Like, if you just watch it, it's not funny. No, it's not funny. It's not. It's it's it's. There's like moments that are like, I don't know. It was kind of sad. It was like. Picard's last like um, monologue with regards about you know like he let her go well it's also a weird ending but I'll, I'll get to that in a second but like he's talking about how you know she's everything or whatever and then the only fear is that as soon as another man comes in she's no longer into you kind of like you know what I mean like she will adapt to this new person and right like the loss of that and like that the fear of that loss and like kind of the insanity that yeah that, and picard is trying to be appropriate with her like he he makes he really does make every effort to you know he he keeps sort of being thrown into the situation where he has to have contact with her although i don't know why he has to have contact with just the two of them you know why you wouldn't at least have data in there or somebody well, I don't understand why you wouldn't assign a female officer or even that redhead doctor. Right. Like, they, they don't even... Yeah, it does seem like women suddenly don't exist on the Enterprise, which is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that... they It's like they adjusted the whole norms of the universe to fit the plot of this story. Yeah. A bit, you know? yeah. Yeah. And... um yeah, it's 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 well. I mean, the episode is just, just yeah. It's just really. Why did you like it? <laughs> well, so the one thing, so the with the metamorph, they um, when they're in this final sort of like crystallization phase, you know, they uh, they will ultimately imprint on the man that they're going to be with, uh, or the man imprints on them is is what it seemed more like but they kept saying it the other way and mm-hmm. so eventually they will lock into a position which is they don't keep changing for the man that they're with they you know so the right. guy that she's supposed to be the gift for she's going to lock onto him and mm. she'll be his perfect version for the rest of her life right and uh so the night before Picard is supposed to give her away where she's basically marrying this guy. Um, she, or, or no, it's not even the night before it's right before they, he goes to take her there for the ceremony. She tells him that she's actually imprinted on him. Mm. And, and he's, he's kind of like, Oh, sh- Oh shit. This whole thing's off. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. Like I'm going to throw this whole, you know, these two planets back into war with one another. Uh, because I mismanaged this, and she says, "Oh no, I know how to make a man happy. It'll be I'll, I have have every confidence that without you know f- 
officially imprinting on him i can i can fulfill my duty with him but i'll always be who i am is the version of myself that i am with you and i like myself this way Mm. because she says that's every metamorph's dream is for the man that they imprint on to be a good man basically right and for you know so that the version of themselves they're allowed to be is a good version and so yeah there's this sadness to it where he has to go take her and give her away to a guy who doesn't appreciate her right although he hasn't smelled her yet as you know no no and and i i missed that part where uh is she that she imprinted on oh that that her thing was complete so she's no longer gonna have those pheromones going right right so the guy's just gonna beat her uh i mean hopefully not right but that's the thing is like she may because she is an exceptional person she may have a full life or because this guy just looks at her as a token of diplomacy that he's been saddled with. He may just, you know, she may just go live in a, just like she's lived her whole life so far off by herself. She may just go basically live in some wing of his, you know, his house. Yeah. I mean, listen, it could be worse, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the thing you don't know. And so Picard, Picard just has like, both of them do their duty by walking away from one another. Yeah. But I think he's not, he's not, um, I don't think he's like fooled himself into thinking they're in love. Like he knows that he, he enjoys her because they're, because she's giving him what he wants. But then he also knows that he likes it. Oh yeah, because... Because who wouldn't love who wouldn't like, like a, yeah. a freaking Nordic model who who can mold herself to be the things you find the most the most meaningful? And with him, like it's not like for him to fully be interested in her. It's not just physical, because that's not what his thing is. That's not just his thing, you know. Right. So, but just but he but he acknowledges that just because it's a fuller picture, it doesn't mean that. Like it just because it would be a deeper attraction than just physical, it doesn't mean that it's right. I just think he wants to make himself suffer. Uh that's fair. That's that's <laughs> fair. So okay, so part of what and he talks with he talks with um the doctor because they're and he says, like, I need to talk to a friend. Mm-hmm. And not just as a captain. Stelly, right. come on, baby. Um and he tells her that he's feeling all this and she just kind of with this like I wouldn't say it's like a Cheshire grin but with this you know sort of blank not blank face it's just like you know I wish there was something I could do to help yeah sorry <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah she because basically she's like I told you two to three days ago that right. the situation wasn't right and now you've gotten your feelings tangled up gotten your feelings yeah with you know with someone who you know i already don't agree with what's happening in the first place like you so like she it's basically that face of like when and especially because they have you know because they have their own relationship it's kind of like i don't know what to tell you jean-luc right i i I told you i told told you you there's a little bit i told you and there's also the like i love you we're friends we are friends and maybe we're more and so i don't want to see you in pain over this but at the same time like i don't have any answer for you either buddy 
Yeah, and go fuck yourself. <laughs> just go, just go fuck yourself. So, as far as why I liked it, I mean, I think part of why I liked it was that I just, uh, I loved Patrick Stewart so much. So I liked seeing him, uh, like have these interactions with somebody he was into. Right. Because the few other times that, and, and I just thought about this today, like the few other times when he would, um, they would give him sort of a love interest other than the doctor, mm-hmm. they were always age appropriate. Like they were always sort of like women in their late 30s or 40s. Who yeah, is, how old is uh, Patrick Stewart here? He's like forever 50, right? Like that's yeah, his thing. <laughs> I think he's in his 40s. I think he's yeah. in his mid to late 40s. Um, and I was just so like, I think I've said this before on here, but like he, he is one of the ones who I was like, just, I thought he was amazing Mm. when I was a kid. Like I thought there would be men like Picard out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to see him, like, I, I don't know. Do you usually identify with people when you watch TV shows? Uh, I mean, yes, I guess so. But you know, as I get older, not so much because i'm old right but yeah 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 sure why not i mean i don't i didn't usually but in this one maybe because the metamorph was smart too and -hmm. not just pretty like i'm obviously no famke jansen but uh but it was just cool to see uh him respond to her Mm -hmm. so yeah i i don't know basically i think it's just like oh i was hot for picard and I was semi-hot for Famke Jansen, too. Gotcha. gotcha. And it was really fun to see... It was just really fun to see the whole ensemble of men, at least, react the way they did to someone new. Who, like, got to them in a way that you don't usually see. Clearly, uh, it sounds like you're, you've never been around uh, boys in high school. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the new kid comes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand boys in high school. Yeah. They uh, still don't. You shouldn't. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually a crime right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, another thing that I thought was interesting. So, like, what I was trying to say before, and I, I don't know if I explained it well, like, the if you don't, if you're born into a role and you don't have framework, like, in Brooklyn, you know, um, they're there are kids or women that I would see, you know, who are Orthodox and, and I would kind of always think like, Oh, would you, you know, I was raised so differently. Mm-hmm. Like, would I, would I choose to stay in that kind of, um, you know, in that kind of society, if that's what I grew up with and what I had a connection with, or like when I watch documentaries about, um, you know, say like the, the Mormon fundamentalists or, you know, different, different groups or like if you if you are exposed if you are exposed to what the wider world is like do you choose to stay or or not so i just don't know if it's really like the same kind of choice when you don't know what life could really be like right and all she's exposed to is the ship (laughs) the ship and in before that just just being um sort of like inoc- inoculated I don't well inoculated with this idea of this is your duty this is your duty this is what you're here for right you know your destiny is to to solve a war that's gone on for hundreds of years and if you don't do it people will continue to die uh, like 
that's in just to have that ground into your head from the time you're like five years old. That's yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's so a... <laughs> there's that. But I also, I also was thinking. I mean, as part of the with Star Trek, part of as they because it's you know this ongoing space exploration, right? They're always encountering people at different. Um, people who as individuals and societies are um, at different levels of progression. And so if you, that that's the, do you know the prime directive? The the prime directive is like the number one federation rule, which is that Uh, you you don't interfere in other societies. Um, And it's, you know, especially like if they're not technologically advanced, you don't interfere with them. And so it, I mean, it is, it is interesting, like that you, you're going to encounter people who are both at higher, I mean, and I don't know if really looking at it as linear is fair, but mm-hmm. who are at different stages of development. Gotcha. And so is it really, you know, do you say to them this way that you found to end your war is, is unacceptable because it's not something we would do now in the 24th century, but it's something we sure have done at different points. I mean, not as, not a metamorph, but you know, women have definitely been gifted over time. Yeah. I mean, I find it funny that they don't want to interfere when all we ever do is interfere in shit. Right. Right. Well, that's the thing is like the idea that you're not interfering, but you, you interfere when you think it's a positive. So like you've picked up these miners and you've picked up the Ferengi and you're doing this diplomatic mission. When at the end of the episode, didn't it seem like he killed the guy and didn't give her? No. Oh, that's I, I read that. You read it? No, no, no. That's how I read the like you know I like read the scene like it, it seemed like it seemed like he didn't allow the interaction to happen. Oh no, he just like he's keeping her in 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 the basement. <laughs> he's got her in holodeck six, the one that no one uses but the captain. Mm-hmm. Leave the light on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's holiday. Inn. I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, holiday in. Yeah. Or no, said prime or it's, what it's Motel 6. Oh, is it, yeah. Is it Motel 6? We'll leave the light on. Yeah. We'll leave the light right. on for you. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Where, yeah. It's been, you know, it's been a long day. <laughs> so when you're thinking prime directives, I was thinking of Robocop, mm-hmm. which, you know, the prime directives, you know, number one is serve the public trust. Oh, serve the public trust. Mm-hmm. Number two is protect the innocent. Okay. Number three is uphold the law. And number four is any attempt to arrest a senior official of the OCP results in shutdown. So I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Wait, say the first one again. I just closed out. Oh, <laughs> Hold the trust I, oh, go- oh, I'm so glad you were reading that. <laughs> I thought that, <laughs> I I thought that was like engraved on your heart. No, but the, but the prime directive. Yeah, that um, that really was uh, engraved ingrained in my heart. But I think it was serve the trust, right? Serve the public trust. Yeah. Serve the public trust. Yes. Okay. Well, that is, didn't make sense to me, but I mean... it's 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 RoboCop. I mean, we're not gonna. <laughs> we're really not gonna go into that. 
It's just RoboCop. It's just it's RoboCop. So this Which was nineteen. I, this was nineteen ninety two that the show aired. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize how wait, wait, all right. So what is when did this? Did they air in eighty eight, eighty seven? What Star Trek Next Generation? Yeah. So ninety two was season five. So it was probably, let's see. Wasn't it like on channel WPIX? I don't uh, want to say New York numbers. I watched it on it, it's CBS because Star Trek's all Viacom. I could have sworn it was on channel 11 here, WPIX, I thought. But I could be wrong. Let's see. So I, it looks like it's... 7 o'clock on Sunday, wasn't it? Uh, I watched it set, like 6 or 7 on Saturday <laughs> night on CBS. Star Trek. I want to see. Let's see. It's uh, 1987 to 1994. Wow. <clears throat> I remember the last episode. Oh, the time travel one? Yeah. Yeah. Network. Okay, so I'm checking this out. It did. On, I don't remember it being on CBS. I thought it was on Channel 11. Maybe the reruns were on Channel 11. Oh, yeah. Maybe syndication. Yeah. That makes more sense now. That make I yeah okay that makes sense. It's it's kind of a funny show, right? Because um, it's it is it is you know I, I wouldn't say it's like it's not space soap opera, but it's a little bit in you know like space stuff is sort of inherently campy a little bit. Right. Um, but then I do think Patrick Stewart's acting sort of elevated it mm. and brought everybody else up. A bit and then um i don't know i just liked it because it was a very it was a very thoughtful show they always they would spend time and it was also so much more slowly paced than things are now like they would spend you know 30 seconds just having someone walk through a door and sit in a chair you know it mm-hmm. was like they had nothing but time and so <laughs> It's kind of uh, it, it's a more relaxed thing. Like they would even and even in the midst of emergencies, they would take the time often to say, like, are we doing the right thing? Yeah, and that, that, never that appealed to me. Oh, like being thoughtful. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Where does that happen? <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's funny that this was this was my favorite episode, but this was like the one that I always, um, as a kid, like I remembered when you couldn't just watch things again and again, you know, this is the one that I was like, Oh, there's this episode that I really loved. And And so then, yeah. So then when you could watch it again, like this is definitely one of the ones that I was like, Oh, I have to find that one. Mm. Yeah. I'm still puzzled by that. I didn't recognize Famke Jensen. I I think she's had some work done now. And she's, yeah. uh, it kind of reminded me of like, you know how uh, Julia Roberts in say like Mystic Pizza and then even in Pretty Woman, like her face just was fuller than, you know, mm. then towards the end of the 90s, everybody got skeletally thin and stayed that way. Yeah. It, yeah. Because it's like um, Cameron Diaz. She was so, um, what's the movie? In the Mask. She's so like she still has like i don't want to like say baby fat but like she has like a, a rounder face yeah 
And then as she's gotten older, she's just like she was so pretty in the mask, and then yep. it just it went all downhill. No, that's what Julia Roberts said too. Was like said, oh, I had I don't know. If she said baby fat or puppy fat, and I was just like, god damn, really? Yeah, I mean it, but it happens. Like people like when they get to like in their late twenties to thirties, there they the usually like the baby fat goes away. I don't think it just out. went away. That then you think it got like surgically went away? Well, no, I think I think the way they eat, like I think they, I think their appearance is very carefully managed, and it. it oh yeah, yeah. It yeah, wasn't yeah. a coincidence that all of a sudden every single actress looked. Yeah. Exactly. No, but I, I even notice it in people because, like, I could say I could speak for my own self. You know, when I lost my, like, going into high school into, into my twenties, and like my, you know, my face was like so like thinner, and then all of a sudden here comes my like 30s and and here comes the food it <laughs> comes the food and comfort <laughs> and here comes the neck <laughs> yeah but I then but because they're actresses then they never they never the food never comes and <laughs> so then they they don't like they don't have the like thin out and then sort of resolve into their adult face yeah well i thought yeah i mean it's it's different now right because not everybody just works out they're like they're part of their job is just to work out right yeah like it's in it's in um like I, sometimes i'm like like i saw like uh the guy who plays thor chris hemsworth mm-hmm. he was doing like a uh what i guess was that like a bio doc or a bio movie or whatever of um for hulk he was playing hulk hogan basically oh okay and like he his his he just his arms look insane, right? Like he like clearly, you know, some drugs were taken to make his arms look that way. Mm. And then I just saw him like in a some Instagram video or some I don't even know what it was. And like he just like kind of like shrunk back down. Yeah, like it's just so weird, like how you know they they could just change their bodies that way. Well, one of the last superhero movies he was in, he was so dehydrated, and then they so that his muscles would look the way they wanted, mm. and then they put him in um, clothes that were like a full size too small for him, mm-hmm. and he passed out. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I know that's boring to talk about, but I just. Like, I don't even, it just seems crazy. I don't know. I don't know what it is the, like with the superhero movies. Um, I don't really know what's appealing about making people look like that for them. Well, they want to look like the, like the whole idea of the comic books, right? The characters, they're larger than life. They're, then, I don't know. But also you can CGI half that shit at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you don't want people who look real, then just do animated versions. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? I agree. Point. Counterpoint. No point. Same point. (laughs) (laughs) We do a three hundred and sixty view where we come back around to the same opinion. No, it's funny because like in the the game that I was talking about before Mass Effect, it's very like your whole job is to like make the humans look good, right? In the first game, and then like 
you must assemble a crew of various uh, alien races. Okay. So, like, you know, very similar. Like, you have your um, – and each, like, you know, they each have their stereotypes too, right? Like, so the Asari is a is a, the, are a, a alien race of just women. Okay. Who um, have kind of, like, both – they have, like, both uh, potty – body parts or productive re, uh, reproductive parts okay and so they just basically can you know they mate but they can also like you know self inseminate i think so and so and they're very um the stereotype about them is that they're very promiscuous right <laughs> um then you have like the uh oh i forgot the name of it uh but basically yes basically there's a group uh who are very similar to klingon their um they're just warriors, and mm. they just are very hard to kill. And then you have another group of people who are like kind of like Weasley, and you know, like the, the same. Frankies. Yeah, same. But they're like tall, and they're like really like they're like a lot are scientists, and they think uh, rational, like okay. you know, the rational thought over anything. But at the same time, they're very kind of like they're not sniveling, but they're kind of like weak and annoying. Okay. Um, and then you have all the Turians, which are basically like just, you know, tall, like soldier-like alien-looking mm. things. But um, And they just have like a code of honor about everything and, and kind of like, you know, their thing. So I don't know. It's just kind of funny. And you have to navigate and, and gather all these people and right. have them live on your ship. You actually get a ship. <laughs> it's, you know, very similar to Star Trek. So um, as... I say that to say, like, I don't, I've never really liked Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really into Star Wars either uh, anymore. I believe um, there are some action figures at your house. Star Wars? Yeah. Are there any Star Wars I, I, thought, I gave them all to my nephew. Oh, did you? Yeah. But I, I did, because, so, here's the thing. Um, my brother-in-law is a huge Star Wars fan. Oh, okay. And, like, in his house, he has, like, unopened toys. Oh, and and then they have um like huge they have a huge Boba Fett statue, a huge Yoda statue, and lightsabers hanging on the wall. It's, it's a little bit much. Um, okay. So I gave all my unopened um Star Wars toys to my nephew and told him to open it in front of their dad. <laughs> <laughs> really like just break his heart, like just really like wrench it in. <laughs> How'd that go? I don't remember, but I also think that they didn't open them. I think they they carried his um his weirdness. I don't mm. know. You know, the toys are meant to be played with. Yeah. I mean, I do have action figures, but they're open and they're 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 not action figures, they're statues. Yeah, I thought you had little things on the shelf to the right of the TV. To the, I do, but they're uh, oh, those are my um, what do you call it? Those are my pop figures, <laughs> pop characters. Okay, they're various Marvel and DC. Do I have Star Wars? I got a Star Wars. No, I don't think so. I kept thinking like they're not Pez dispensers. No, because they have like the big heads, right? Right. Yeah. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I was. I 
I tried to go back to uh, Roanoke. Oh, yeah. And I fell asleep again. Okay. I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back. (laughs) Is there anything that you have been watching? I've been watching The L Word. You're still on that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I went back to the old... Oh, like the old Jammy Jams? Yeah. Like, because there's the new there's the new season that just comes out once a week, and then yeah. I went back and re- started rewatching the old one. You got to get your L word fix. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's funny how dated the old one is. In what way? Like about trans issues. Oh, uh, like offensive, like dated. Um, I mean, I don't usually find it offensive, but I don't have that much skin in that game. Gotcha. Um. So it's it's more like interesting to me to see the progression of a show that was, you know, relatively enlightened at the time. Yeah. And how it still doesn't hold up. Um, but it, you know, but it was what it was at the time. So, you know, you don't you don't get here without being there. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the, like shows that are progressive. Like it's because we get I don't know. If we, I don't want to say sensitive, but we are more. um we we could we recognize how things are weird like or maybe offensive more so yeah you know um looking back at like i'm thinking archie bunker which may have been progressive at the time but not really i don't know if it was um but i look at it now i'm like eh, it's kind of cringy <laughs> well that's like uh i know that i know that the creator of archie bunker meant it to be um I know he meant it to be to to show Archie Bunker as the asshole, right? Yeah. But then I, that was something that um, Bill Cosby said was that he part of why he created the Cosby Show was that he he felt like there were a lot of people who watched Archie Bunker and agreed with it. Yeah, it's like the Dave Chappelle thing, right? Like they're raf- laughing for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think you have that with any. And yeah, obviously, I don't think would Norman Lear was greater. Norman Lear, yeah. I don't think he meant it. Uh, the guy seems to be has a track record for being a sweetheart, but like, yeah, you know, that's that's who Meryl's dog is named after. Is that's why he's called Archie? Is for Archie Bunker because she loves Norman Lear. Oh, okay, that's a long way to get to Norman. Not really that long. <laughs> could just call him Norman. She could. No Norm. <laughs> Norm. <laughs> you know what? I was oh I was watching I had never really watched uh the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh yeah. And I I saw an episode the other day. I don't Ed think Ad, I've ever seen it. Ed Asner passed away. Um Oh, okay. And they they had like a huge like a marathon on one of these weird cable channels. He was the Hill show. Street Blues guy, right? Was he? I don't know. I don't think I could. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I know he was the guy on Mary Tyler Moore. And, okay. Uh, it was just kind of the seventies were a weird time, man. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, I don't know. It was weird. And also, like, I think Betty White played like a, a kind of horish character. Oh, okay. So then I was reading something that. Um, I was reading that Betty White was supposed to play Blanche. Blanche, and then Blanche was supposed to play 
the Betty White character. Right, Rose. But the creator said, you guys already played those roles in previous types of shows, so we're going to switch you guys. Yeah. So, But it was just weird to like hear these things come out of Betty White's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it was just like... Because just we, we grew up with her being so sweet. Yeah, and she, and but she has this like almost the same like affect when saying these like kind of like filthy things. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was really weird. Um, I don't know. It was it was it was it was weird. It was just definitely weird. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's that's Betty White. You don't say those things. But I mean, she she seems like the type of person that probably has a, a foul mouth. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's definitely. Um, what do you? Say? I mean, you could say body, but it means. Yeah, she's dirty. Like a potty mouth. <laughs> I think she's pretty, she's uh, raunchy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, she's at the age she's at now. I mean, she yeah. Whatever, she can say whatever she wants. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it's kind of, yeah, it, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Um. Oh, my God. Ed Asner has 406 acting credits. He's been alive. He was like 90 or something, I think, when he died. Yeah. I think he's the voice of the up character. He is. The up guy. Yeah. The UPS guy. (laughs) (laughs) I know the beginning of that movie is really beautiful, but I don't get why people like the rest of it. I've never seen it. Okay. Fair enough. I yeah, I'm not I'm not looking to I'm not looking to like the first five minutes of a movie to just have my like like heart ripped out and be upset. <laughs> well, you know I, mean, what I mean, yeah. I At mean, least give me an hour in, like Jesus. Yeah. There's that part of it, but then the rest of it was just sort of like, oh, well, you can't live up to that beginning because the beginning's like the most beautiful little short. Yeah, and then it's just all downhill. Yeah, and then it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe. I just don't like these, uh, like, oh, you know, the kid, you know, makes him see some, there's more to life. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do I know? What do you know? Uh, did you do anything interesting this week? I thought I did. But I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought there was something. I know. Well, I'm going to a concert on Sunday. That's going to be interesting. Oh, cool. Upstate. So that's going to be fun. What day is it? It's Friday. It's Friday. We don't normally record on Friday. No, we don't. And that's a little bit part of why we are even dumber than usual. Oh, yeah. Because we just, we had to work today. And Lord knows what that does (laughs) (laughs) to people. Um. Yeah, I I went up to Marilyn. I went up to um, uh, Cold Springs last weekend for the day. How was that? It was nice. It's just a pretty little town. We uh, went to you know one of those like little touristy kind of shops where they've got you know tourists, fun stuff, tourists, and fun stuff in jars. Like I bought some pickles, and she bought some hot sauce. Um, <laughs> and no babies. No babies. In jars. 
Yeah, that's not that's uh like a I think that's a Stephen King kind of town in Maine. We didn't go there. Or Texas. Oh no. Wow. <laughs> um Yeah. No, it was nice. It rained. That's cool. As soon as we left the city it rained. Oh, it did rain. That's right. That's that's right. Yeah. That's right. That is why we didn't go get our glasses. But we still had a very nice time. The end. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the end. It was over. The, yeah. Over. All right. Well, I think we did it. We covered the we covered this episode. We did. Um next week we'll have another episode. Yep. Um we might have a surprise guest. So we'll let you know. We'll let you know. It'll be a surprise. It's a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good week. All right. Bye. Uh, Bye.